Hello, lovers. Thanks for listening to another episode of Hello, Lover. So this episode is interesting because this is actually the first episode that I recorded. It is with my childhood friend, Alyssa Friesen. Well, like, we met when we were 14, so I guess, like, teenhood friend, but still very cool to have her on the show. And we both watched uh, Sex and the City a lot when we were in our 20s and talked about it a lot, so it felt like a good fit. In this episode, we are talking about Luck Be an Old Lady. That is season five, episode three, where the gals go to Atlantic City. And uh, it was interesting talking to Alyssa because everyone who I've talked to on the show has kind of made themselves known to me in more recent years, with the exception of Sean, who was actually Alyssa's prom date. So that's an interesting little tidbit. But yeah, it's been people who uh, I've met as my current self, the comedian, but I've known Alyssa since I was still finding myself in my teen years, and I think that made me feel a little bit vulnerable and disorganized. So you might notice that I don't quite sound uh, as confident in this episode because it's, it's interesting to sit down with someone you've known a long time and interview them. I, I think you'll see what I mean. But anyway, I probably shouldn't make excuses for myself. Um, before I tell you a little bit more about Alyssa, I should let you know that I am going to be taking a break for the next week or two from posting episodes because I am moving to Toronto uh, at the end of the week, and that is a big deal because I have lived in Winnipeg for all 32 years of my life. I think you'll probably notice that in these episodes I have referred to the Toronto Star where Carrie works, and that's a bit of a Freudian slip because I have been posting these as I plan my move to Toronto. So... That's going to be a huge transition, and I'm sure we'll have some cool Toronto-based guests on the show. Right now, I want to tell you all about Alyssa Friesen. So, she is a stay-at-home mom and blogger, and she makes her own adorable bonnets and has been selling them all over the place. They're selling like hotcakes, so you can check her out at alyssalovely.com, and Alyssa is spelled A-L-Y-S-A. She is not a double S, Alyssa. You only need the one. And if you want to find her on Facebook, that's at Alyssa Lovely Littles. And also she's got a couple of little markets coming up. She is going to be at Pine Ridge Hollow Farmer's Market on July 29th and August 12th. So that is a little bit about uh, Alyssa. And make sure you check out her blog. I think this episode's going to be cool because everyone I know is kind of a single and a bar-dwelling type person, and Alyssa is a stay-at-home mom, so she is one of my friends that gives me a different perspective on life, and uh, I'm excited for you all to hear this episode, because I think it's quite different from our other ones. Anyway, we're talking about Miranda and motherhood. Let's just get right into the episode. How old are you? I'm three. You're not three, you're two. <laughs> Samantha always lied about her age on Sex in the City. <laughs> but she's pretending to be younger. Are you three? Am I three? Yeah. I'm a bit older than that. 
<laughs> Thirty plus three, almost. Yeah. <laughs> I am not going to become one of those mothers who cannot carry on an adult conversation. I am not. So, when I first told you about this podcast, you mentioned the "Luck Be an Old Lady" episode. Where they go to Atlantic City? Yes. One sec. Okay. Aiden, don't touch that. When I first told you about my Sex in the City podcast, you mentioned the episode where they go to Atlantic City, Luck Be an Old Lady. I forget what season it's in. I'll edit that in later. (laughs) (laughs) Why did you want to talk about that episode? Well, I rewatched the whole series um, when my daughter was a newborn. And in that episode, Miranda has a newborn. And she goes to Atlantic City anyway and leaves her baby at home despite the fact that she claims to be breastfeeding, which didn't make much sense to me as a breastfeeding mom because you have to feed your baby like every two hours. Yeah. And she pumped once. She mentions pumping when they all go to the steak restaurant. Yeah. So like how often realistically would Miranda have to pump? At least every two hours. But it would have depended on how often Brady... Um, that's her son's name. Yes, right? Brady yeah. Hobbs. <laughs> that it would have depended on how often Brady was was um, feeding, like when she's able to breastfeed him herself. But yeah, probably every like two to three hours. Yeah. Well, first of all, I think we both have a pretty close relationship with this show. Mm-hmm. Like we've watched it a lot. Yeah. Yes. I own all the DVDs, so I've watched it a couple of times. I think I rewatch it with my mom at least, like, once a year. And then I always... Do you find that as you get older and have different, like, relationships in your life, friendships, uh, child relationships, you're married, mm-hmm. do you feel differently about the characters than you did when you first watched it? Totally. Yeah. Because, like, when I first watched it, like, it was on TV when I was, like, a teenager. And then I didn't really watch it when it was first on TV, but I watched it later. So maybe I was, like, 18 or 19. I think we both started watching it around the same time. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, at that point, like, these women seemed so, so much older than me. And so sophisticated. And now I'm just about the same age as them. Yeah. So it's, like... Yeah, how old are they when the show first starts? Are they mid-30s? I think so. Yeah, because I think what was cool, what I will say was really cool about the show was, like, we've seen, like, Golden Girls where it's, like, you can still be hip when you're old, Mm -hmm. and then you have, like, 20-somethings, like, but this was, like, these are thriving 30-something-year-old women who are single and they're interested in relationships. They're not these, like, bitter, like, divorced ladies. Like, yeah. they're they're living their lives. They're interested in dating. So, like, I don't think we'd seen that previously. Not which really. Which is cool. Every other show I'd watch as an 18-year-old was about 20-somethings. Yeah. But now... Yeah, so now when you're kind of the same age as them watching it, how do you feel about it? It feels more relatable now. <laughs> yeah. Because they're the same age as me. And we're, like, it's less about being in school. It's more about having a career and having, like, adult, like, actual adult relationships. Yeah, and kind of the complications that can come up 
Oh, that brings me into the first note I made on this episode. In the very beginning, it starts with Carrie gets stood up on a date. Mm -hmm. And she's talking about it at the breakfast place that they always go to. And then she's like talking about how hard that experience was for her. And Miranda goes, oh God, I miss dating. Do you ever miss that part of your life? (laughs) No. (laughs) (laughs) No, I don't think I relate to that. Because like, although at the same time, like that was in the 90s before cell phones were such a major part of dating. So I feel like when I was dating, it was like you text each other and then you wait a certain amount of time before you text back. So it's really stressful. (laughs) It can be. Yeah, this is like, the dating that's portrayed in the 90s on TV, I've never personally experienced. It was really about, are they going to call or are they not going to call? Yeah. And now you can be like, oh, you haven't responded to my text, but you just posted on Instagram, so I know you were on your phone, and there's so much more. And like, a lot of people, like, always have their phone in their hand. Yeah. So it's like, why didn't you text me back when I know that you're always holding your phone? Yeah. And, like, I remember when Blackberry Messenger was a thing, and there was a guy that you were interested in, and you were like, I know that he read my message. It says that. Yeah. Or, like, iMessage is the same way. It says read. So it's like... Yeah, so now it's, I guess, more complicated. And also, by that same token, like... Yeah. The bus? What bus? The bus? What bus? Carrie's on the side of a bus in the opening of Sex in the City. Ladies and gentlemen, place your bets. What happens after 36? I don't know. I guess you fall off the table. That was something that struck me when I was watching this episode that I wanted to, like, ask you about, because Charlotte's so obsessed with her age and yeah. getting older. Like, do, do the numbers, like, do they bother you? No. Yeah. I like being over 30. I think being over 30 is awesome. Yeah. And, like, it's funny because before I turned 30 and, like, in my mid-20s, I'd be like, oh, 30, that's so old. I always No, it's not old. (laughs) There were so many things I thought I had to have in place by the time I turned 30. Like, Mm. it was, like, this deadline where I'd be like, well, I should probably get my weight under control by the time I'm 30 because... (laughs) <laughs> then my metabolism is just gonna like go down and like I had all these ideas that like I should be like debt free and living my basically my dream life by the time I was 30 or it just wasn't gonna happen mm. and it's crazy because like you look at all those like oh the top 30 under 30 lists and you think well I haven't done anything I, I have a deadline of 30 to do anything because yeah. nobody does anything after 30 but there's tons of people who do yeah, and it's just like, ugh, yeah, the 30 under 30 is a big one, and I do find that, like, sometimes, the only time I notice my age is sometimes I can feel threatened by younger people in the sense that I think information's so much more accessible now. Mm-hmm. So if you're, like, in high school and you want to get really good at something, you can, because yeah. there's all these YouTubes and all the things that just you can you can become an expert at something much quicker much younger mm-hmm. than i think you used to be able to yeah. so sometimes i feel threatened by that that makes sense but i'm never like oh don't tell anyone i'm 32 like the yeah. number doesn't bother me so we open in the episode 
with Carrie gets done up on a date. Then we were talking about Miranda's post-baby body mm -hmm. looking very realistic. Yeah, it looks like she actually had a baby. And I heard that, like, Cynthia Nixon, she kind of lobbied to have that padding on the show, which I think is really cool. Mm -hmm. And also the way she dresses. Like, that's totally how I would have dressed right after I had a baby. Like, she yeah. looks really comfortable. Yeah, she said, like, can I get away with wearing stretchy pants the whole time yeah. that we're in Atlantic City? And it's like, yeah, she probably already, she's a lawyer, so she probably all day, every day has to wear really uncomfortable clothes. Totally. Like, suits all the time. Yeah. So, yeah, I liked that her stuff was, like, a long red sweater and, like, a striped t-shirt. Mm -hmm. And actually, this episode, we get to see the all of the girls look pretty normal at one point or another. Like, there's a part where Carrie's wearing, like, an ugly, like, souvenir hoodie. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, like, I don't think you get to see that a ton. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're usually so dressed up. Even at home, like, Carrie will be wearing a little outfit, and I know that's the type of girl that she is, but mm -hmm. it really starts to make you feel pressure that, like, you have to look cute all the time. Mm hmm So, yeah, I liked seeing them a little dressed down. Yeah. That was nice to see. Oh, when we opened, Carrie was wearing the Afghan sweater. Yeah, she was wearing a sweater that looked like her grandma made it. It looked like those little patches, like, um, like granny a dish squares. cloth. Oh, that's what you call it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was granny square shirt. And I was saying that I think she was ahead of her time because I think hipsters would for sure wear that now. Well, there's articles about how you can make Granny Square, like, shorts for men to wear. Oh. <laughs> okay. They're not very nice. <laughs> they look funny, but they exist. That, that sounds revealing. <laughs> it's like an open weave concept. Yeah, it is a weird outfit. You should look it up. I'm going to look it up. Tip to our listeners at home. Look it up. <laughs> and then, so Carrie's really working hard to get the girls together because um, they they still go for brunch, like, all the time, mm -hmm. which is already pretty unrealistic. But yeah. I think we're supposed to think that these brunches are pretty spaced out and that whenever we watch is when they've had a chance to get together. Yeah. Like, I feel like the how the show works is it's not like, like, oh, this is the next week from the last episode. More time has usually passed. Yeah. Yeah, and that makes sense. And they're, like, kind of having these little catch-ups. Mm -hmm. But they haven't actually been out for a night on the town in a while. Yeah. So Carrie's really lobbying for that. And then Richard, who has cheated on Samantha at this point, and now they've gotten back together, is like... Why don't you take the gals to Atlantic City? I'm impossibly rich, and you can all come in my private jet, and I'll just get you all hotel rooms. And they're like, oh, let's all just book the time off and do it. Yeah, let's just go. Yeah. <laughs> On a whim, because... Because cool. rich people. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I kind of love about the show, is that they're relatable enough people, but they're living such fantasy lives that mm -hmm. you, like you can relate to this person that's living this impossible life, so then you're like, maybe one day I, too, can go on a private jet to Atlantic City. Yeah. And at the same time, like, every so often they do talk about finances, like how Carrie has to buy her apartment and she doesn't have the money. And she because she has 100 pairs of $500 shoes. Yeah. Yeah. And she thinks that that equals $5,000. And... 
<laughs> and her is like, nope. We <laughs> weren't that. Yeah, and then, yeah, so they do talk about it a little bit. And one thing I'll say that I don't like when people criticize this show is they're like, oh, all they ever talk about is relationships. But I think that's the point of the show. Yeah. Is that it's about relationships. So, like, mm -hmm. maybe they do talk more about finances. It's just we wouldn't see that on the show. Well, I feel like in the first or second season, Carrie has a lot of debt. Yeah. And, like, her card gets turned down. Like, if oh. her card doesn't work at some point. Oh, okay. And I don't so, like, that. she just has a lot of credit card debt at first. And yeah. so, like, there's the fashion part and how much money she's spending on that. And then the fact that she has a bunch of credit card debt. Yes. And that's what I was, and, like, that's what I was saying when she gets the $1,000 chip in the casino. I was like, oh, I would get so excited to pay my credit card debt. Yeah. Like, I would not gamble that money away. Exactly. Or it would go into the savings account. Yeah. They have that, and then they have Carrie... Oh, there's an episode where she dates a photographer, and she's like, sometimes I would buy Vogue instead of groceries because it felt like it was more fulfilling or something. Like, she basically... They often illustrate that, like, Carrie is broke because she lives beyond her means. Yeah. So... And, like, she has the fantasy life, but they also do show that what the reality to it is that she shouldn't be living that way. Yeah, and she has all these rich friends, so maybe she's, like, trying to keep up a little bit. Yeah. Because, like, Charlotte's an art dealer. Mm-hmm. Um, and then she marries rich. Yeah. Oh, and they all, everyone they date is rich on yeah. this show. Everyone they date is rich. And when Carrie does date a guy who owns a comic book shop and lives at home, they're like, ew. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So they're going to go in this private jet, and then Miranda is like, she does this little prank where she's like, I'm not ready to leave the baby yet. And then she's like, JK, let's do it. Did you ever have an I'm not ready to leave the baby moment in real life, IRL? <laughs> well, I haven't um, been away from my second baby overnight yet, <laughs> and okay. he is 10 months old, so... Yes. <laughs> um, when my daughter was four months old, I had emergency surgery, so I had to be away from her, and that's the only reason that I was. Yeah. And how did that feel? It was, it was weird. She had just started sleeping in her own crib at that point, and she slept through the night, like, for one of the first times when I was away. So oh. it worked out really well. Yeah. And I had a bunch of pumped milk for her, so she didn't, she wasn't hungry. It worked out really well, but I didn't, yeah, I didn't ever, I mean, an opportunity like going to, like on a trip with my friends never came up, so I didn't have to choose, mm -hmm. but I think that every mom is different, and some moms want, will want that time, and I just didn't want it. Yeah, how do you, I was going to ask you about that, because like Miranda is very like, didn't really want this life, mm -hmm. didn't want to be very domestic, the pregnancy was a surprise, and she, like, Magda's the one that's like, look at these baby pictures. Like, mm -hmm. Miranda's very like, I am a fun, vibrant lawyer who happens to have a baby, but I still want to do my life. How do you relate when you watch those episodes when she's, like, trying to be so independent? Well, I'm, I feel like I'm the opposite because I'm a stay-at-home mom, so pretty much everything I do is about the kids 
right now because they're so little and they need me so much of the time. Mm -hmm. So, like, I'm trying to do stuff on the side, but it's definitely not a priority. It's not super relatable for me, but I know lots of moms who are more career-driven. And, um... Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, my phone went off and I got distracted. That's okay. (laughs) Yeah, so it's like, because you don't mind... Wearing, like, I would say you wear your momness on your sleeve, like, you blog about it, mm-hmm. you, like, it's very much a part of your life. Whereas with Miranda, it's almost like if you worked with her, I feel like I might not even know she's a mom. Yeah. She does not talk about it. Not really. And she, like, can't wait to leave the, she's like, I can't leave the baby. Just kidding, I can't wait to leave the baby. Yeah, I just need two seconds. Yeah. And then Steve comes in and is like, oh, I can't do this. Okay, yeah. Grow up. Okay, yes, we need to talk about Steve. Because (laughs) how did you feel about Steve when you first watched the show versus now? I liked him a lot when I first watched the show. Mm -hmm. I thought he was one of the better boyfriends. Now, as a parent, watching him be like, ooh, I can't do it. Like, no, you were the one who was like, let's have a baby. It'll be fun. It'll be fun. Yeah. <laughs> like, be a parent now. That's your job. Yeah, like, what did you honestly expect? Yeah. Like, that she was just going to pop out this, like, ready-made five-year-old who was, like, your buddy and you could just go shoot hoops with him? Like, yeah. there... Ugh. I find Steve, like, it's funny because my sister and I used to argue she did not like Steve, but Mm -hmm. she's older than me, so maybe she had more perspective and had dated guys like Steve, but I was like, he's fun and funny, and he's good for Miranda, but... Like, at at the end of the day, I like where they get to be in the movies, Yeah, and I like them as a couple overall, but when they're just dating, he's just such a child. He's such a child, and like... The episode that made me so mad that I recently watched is the episode where he wants to move into Miranda's place, and he's sleeping in her bed, and there's so much room beside him, and Mm -hmm. she's, like, sitting up with a book, and then she looks over, and she sees all the room. So she wakes him up, and she's like, hey, you're on my side. And he makes fun of her, and Mm -hmm. then just says, go back to sleep. And then she's like, well, you have this big pile of stuff here, you need to move that... And he's like, well, actually, I think I should move in here. What, so then you can have piles of stuff all over the, the like, apartment? all the time. Yeah. <laughs> Full-time piles of stuff. And he doesn't say, what do you think about moving in? He's like, actually, I think I should move in. And then when she says that's too much, he's like, you're like the guy sometimes. And I feel like Miranda has to feel bad about that. Yeah, and like he tries to make her feel bad about that. Yeah. When it's like she's just her own person. Yeah. And, like, never does Steve have to answer for his behavior. No. Ever. He's, yeah, there's never a point where he's like, I'm, I'm sorry that I wouldn't move over in the bed. Like, maybe I also have some things to work on. It's always about Miranda and how she has all these walls up and she yeah, has to work on them. she's tight all the time. And, like, in this episode, they end up getting help for him for the weekend, but it's like, you're the dad, you need to be the dad. Yeah. And, like... Do you not have a family? Like, do you not... Yeah, have... like, at this point in time, his mom is fine. Yeah. So, like, why couldn't he call his mom to come over? Yeah, it's like, maybe you and your issues have nothing to do with Miranda right now, and you yeah. could, like, stop living in your Steve world for one moment and realize mm-hmm. that, like, 
Miranda really wants this, and you're supposedly love her. Mm -hmm. And take care of it. Yeah. Like, just figure it out. Yeah. It's not rocket science. It's taking care of a tiny baby. Yeah. Have there ever been situations where you are kind of stressed out about something, but you know that, like, that, like, your husband has his own stuff to deal with, and you've had to just be like, I'll just deal with this on my own? Or vice versa? Well, like, um, yeah, totally. I think everybody has that, and, and, like, if, if we're in a stressful situation and one of us is dealing with something else, then the other takes care of it. Mm Mm-hmm. And it's like, it's a partnership. Yeah. I'm like, you should know when it's like, this is something we should definitely talk about and work on together versus this is me and my insecurities. Yeah. And I can't do it. So you have to. Yeah. And he just busts his way into the apartment with the baby and he's like, no, I won't do it. Yeah. You need to take this baby now. So they miss the plane Mm -hmm. and then they have to take, uh... The bus, and Miranda's like, oh, I'm so excited to read The New Yorker, and she basically, like, Carrie has this fantasy that this is how they're finally going to bond, but mm-hmm. Miranda's like, I don't even want to talk to you, I just want to read the newspaper, because I haven't had a chance to, like, are there little indulge, are there little things for you that didn't feel like indulgences that now feel very indulgent? Totally. Uh, my vacation Every week is I get a Starbucks and I go grocery shopping by myself and I (laughs) look at all the aisles and I walk slowly up and down everything and I look at the clothes because I go to Superstore and it's uh, like I take an hour or something and I walk very leisurely. It's nice. Nobody's touching me the whole time. (laughs) And what's it like? What's it like grocery shopping with babies as opposed to by yourself? Well, uh, the kids want to touch everything in the cart, so if I put anything in the cart, they want to see what it is. Autumn's favorite thing to say right now is, let me see, let me see. (laughs) So everything I pick up, she wants to see, she wants to touch it. She doesn't want to look just with her eyes, she wants to look with her hands and hold it. And what happens if she can't hold it? Uh, She gets pretty upset about it. (laughs) And usually I'll distract her with something else. Like, I found what works for me is... I stop by the toddler snack section first, and then I open up a thing of puffs, and then they can eat the puffs the whole time I'm shopping. (laughs) But it ends up being more like I'm playing supermarket sweep, and I'm trying to get everything as fast as I possibly can so I can get out of there. And then you probably don't even get, like, there's probably stuff that you get home with that you're like, why did I buy that? (laughs) Sometimes, yeah. (laughs) It's a little indulgences. So then they get, okay, then they're on the... on the private plane mm-hmm. that Charlotte got, and Samantha is, like, making out with her boyfriend, which feels very, like... Like, can it wait? Yeah. Like, do you have to be touching each other all the time? <laughs> yeah, like, she's a 40-year-old woman at this point. Yeah. Because uh, I think she's supposed to be, like, four or five years older than the girls. Mm-hmm. So she's a 40-year-old woman making out with her boyfriend in front of her friend. Yeah. And then... And then he's, like... Maybe I'll give you a pearl necklace later, because he gives her a pearl thong, which is disgusting. (laughs) (laughs) And it's just like, why would you talk like that in front of your girlfriend's friends? Yeah. Like, that's private talk. Why are you talking about that in front of other people? And uh, Charlotte is sitting there knitting. And trying to be like, have a conversation with them. Just trying to, yeah, exist. And I also feel like it's funny that this was in the 90s and Charlotte being 
They're very much making all these jokes about Charlotte being an old maid throughout because that's her biggest fear. Mm-hmm. And she's sitting there knitting. But now I feel like that's such a young person thing to do. Like yeah. it's had this huge comeback. Totally. Crocheting and knitting, everyone's doing it now. Yeah. There's like memes about how, oh, I don't go out on Friday nights, I stay home and knit. Yes. Intro- introverts are in these days. Yeah, it's true. And like it's cooler to be an introvert. It's cooler to stay home and go to bed early on a Friday night. <laughs> yeah. There's like the stay home club and yeah. like where does where did that happen? Is that like our open like I think we're very open about mental illness now, maybe. Maybe. So we're like, oh, I actually feel very anxious when I go out and everyone else is like, Oh, thank God, me too. Yeah, now that we can it's yeah, it's more open to talk about. Yeah. So maybe there were all these people in the club, like, for years, and no one wanted to be there. Yeah. Or, and, like, the other people who didn't go out ever were made fun of because they never went anywhere. Yeah. And now it's like, oh, you're knitting? Awesome. Yeah. Are you going to put it on Instagram? Yeah, Great. Exactly. <laughs> Are you going to sell it on Etsy? <laughs> yeah. I feel like the last time you and I went to the club... We stayed for, like, half an hour, and then we were like, <laughs> yay! <laughs> That's enough. I'm like, it was very fun for that half an hour. Yeah. But my favorite parts of, like, clubbing were always the parts where you go to Perkins after. Yeah, and eat food. Yeah, you get your, you like, you're a little bit drunk, so you, like, eat all this greasy food. Yeah. And, like, we used to bring pajama pants in the car so that we could, like, be cozy. And flats. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and I feel like that was that really was the best part, and maybe now people are like, if that's the best part, why don't we just do that? Yeah. Which is cool. Yeah, that's what Netflix parties are for. Yeah. Uh, wear your pajamas, come watch TV with me. Yeah. <laughs> and we'll like, binge watch Stranger Things. Love Stranger Things. <laughs> There's probably already a lot of podcasts about that, though. Yeah. Um, and then she... Okay. Miranda buys, as a joke, Old Maid for Charlotte. Yeah. Have you ever played that game? Yeah, it's fun. What is it? That's the one where you don't want to get the Old Maid card, yeah. right? There's like, yeah, one Jack or something or Queen or whatever, and and you're trying to pair up all the other cards, and whoever is the Old Maid mm-hmm. loses. <laughs> <laughs> so what... To you, when people say old maid, what is the definition of an old maid? I guess, um, I guess probably someone who never got married, stayed single, I don't know. Which again, with knitting, not so big a deal these days. Yeah. It's like, oh. Some people are just single. Yeah. But, oh, actually, I was reading something the other day where it was talking about how, um, if a woman is over 40, sometimes people will be like, feel sorry for her if she's single. Mm. And so maybe that's the whole old maid thing. Like, oh, you're, you're single and you're over 40. Uh, yeah, I guess. It was an article about internalized misogyny. Ah. And so if you've ever felt bad for a woman who's over 40 who's still single, that's internalized misogyny. Yeah. It totally is. Yeah. Because you wouldn't feel bad for a a guy. Yeah, not necessarily. You might be like, you might think he was a little immature. Yeah. But you wouldn't be like, oh, I feel bad for him. You might be like, oh, he's stuck in his 20s, which is still a stigma, but like a a much more cheerful one. Yeah, definitely. Well, my mom is divorced, and when she got divorced, like, 
had a hard time of it in her marriage. She had a, like, like the divorce was complicated. Mm-hmm. And then she was just like, I'm by myself now. And, like, enjoyed getting to know herself all over again. And mm-hmm. she's like, someone would have to be pretty darn special for me to be, like, remotely interested in dating. Yeah. And everybody asks me if she's, like, dating or interested in dating. Really? Yes. Everybody. And I'm like, no, she's just, like... I don't know. She has, like, a clothing shop that she likes to go to and everyone there knows her and she goes mm-hmm. and she shops and she, I don't know, she likes cooking and, like, she has all these friends that they'll get together and go for coffee and all these hobbies and mm-hmm. just things she likes to do and I don't think she needs a boyfriend for all that. Yeah. Yeah. Like, if she wanted to have a boyfriend, great, but, like... Why? Yeah, why? I, th- I I mean, I don't know very much, but I think she has a very full life. Yeah, I think she seems like she she's has doing a lot great. of stuff. She has my dog now, <laughs> Bella. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, it's just, it's interesting. Um, or even my friend Ashley Burdett, who's also doing this podcast, who also has a podcast called Talkin' Hanks, uh, about Tom Hanks. <laughs> nice. Yeah, you would probably really like it. Um... <laughs> She was saying that sometimes, like, she's just trying to own the fact that maybe she will be single forever. Like, maybe Mm -hmm. she never will meet the one. Yeah. And people are always like, oh, no, no, no. Don't say that. And it's like, but maybe you do have to own that at some point. And, like, being single is a choice, and it's their choice. Yeah. And, like, why do you need to force romance on somebody if they don't want it? Or if you are openly looking, but you just don't meet someone well-suited to you, it's like, well, am I supposed to just give up and date whomever? Yeah, exactly. Oh, look, you're breathing. I guess you'll do. Yeah, it's like, ugh. Like, I started to, before I was in my current relationship, I started to just be like, okay, maybe this is it. Like, and I very much wanted to be in a relationship, but I was like, am I willing to lower my standards? Am I willing to... Like make all these compromises, not really. So it's, I think it's a magic trick when two people find each other. Like mm-hmm. it's amazing because it's like you have to be mutually attracted to each other. You have to have lifestyles that fit together. You have to have goals that fit together. Mm-hmm. And that's hard to find. Yeah, and then you grow together. Yeah. Yes. Um, when you met your current husband, where were you at? With, like, dating and all that. I was starting to get tired of dating. I had had a a rough year of just dating lots of different people, like, for one or two dates. Yeah. And I wanted to be more serious, but I found that nobody wanted to. Mm Mm-hmm. And then I met Andrew at um, a Bible study through my church. And I figured that going to something like that, I might find someone who would be more serious about dating and about, like, long-term stuff. Yeah. And he was going to small group to meet someone that he wanted to marry, so Ah. it was, like, it was pretty perfect. So you were both going, being like, this is cool, and also I might meet someone. Yeah. Hmm. I actually didn't know that. Yeah. Actually, recently Andrew told me that he was, like, wanting to find a wife there. <laughs> <laughs> well, because he is younger, so was yeah. it hard for him? Like, I guess he arrived at wanting something serious a little faster than maybe people his age? hmm Yeah, so. maybe. 
But then you, there are a lot of like younger folks that are serious about marriage in your church community yeah. as well. Yeah, a lot of my friends are younger than us. Hmm. So then she says, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. The part where this guy is at the casino and he's like, hey, Blondie, blow on my dice for good luck. And and, <laughs> like, and she's like, oh, no, let my friend do it. Because, like, Charlotte's trying to feel sexy or whatever. Yeah. And they're like, no, get the hot one. And then Charlotte says, ugh, so sexist. But it's almost, but I'm like, well, that is sexist. But it's almost like they're trying to paint Charlotte as a prude for saying that. Yeah. I'm like, what's wrong with pointing out that he's being sexist? Yeah. Oh, this would have been in 2002 or 2003. Yeah. I think. This mm-hmm. season. So, it was like, I think, I feel like still at that point, being a feminist was like, oh, you have armpit hair and you're gross. Yeah, you're a killjoy. So you, you can't point out when things are sexist because then people will think that you're gross. Yeah. What if you stop seeming fun for one second? Yeah, exactly. Like, uh. What if you stop putting up with shit? (laughs) Yes. Do you remember your pre-feminist time versus your, like, when you, like, did you have a feminist awakening? I feel like I totally did. I don't know, like, a specific moment, but, like, just thinking back to, like, the end of high school, maybe the beginning of university, and being like, like, oh, I want to be, like, the cool girl that all the guys like. Mm Mm-hmm. The cool girl, like, that's... I feel like that cool girl complex I had for most of my 20s, like, yeah. um, in Gone Girl. Mm-hmm. I feel like that's so perfect. Totally. When she's like, oh yeah, you're perfectly maintaining a teeny figure while, like, watching the game and eating a hot dog. Yeah, and, and you're drinking a lot and... Yeah, and you're, like, so funny and so sexy and, like... Yeah, I I often struggled, like, in my 20s if I was dating someone... And I wanted to bring up something that I didn't like, but it felt too, like, girly or sitcom-y. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, I don't want to be a nag. Yeah, I don't want him to think that I'm crazy. Like, no, I just have feelings, and I have needs. Yeah. And they're normal needs. Yeah, and even when I first started comedy, like, I was around a lot of men, and I feel like the comedy I was writing was very geared toward making men laugh. Mm-hmm. And now I'm like, I'm... Like, I hope the men laugh, but I don't care if they laugh. Like, yeah, I'm if not... they laugh, great. If they don't, whatever. Yeah, like, I'm not here for you. Yeah. And it's... I think there's more... There's more information about feminism now, but also it really did just start to click in for me after a lot of bad dates. Being like, why am I putting up with this shit? Like, why aren't I calling them on their behavior? Why am I always the crazy one? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, when I was in my early to mid-twenties, I had a lot of guy friends, and I got told, like, by a couple of them, oh, you're, like, one of the guys, and I was like, oh, that's such, like, that's Mm -hmm. such, like, a compliment. Like, no, it's not a compliment. No. It means I can be vulgar and an asshole? Like, I don't want to be an asshole. No, and speaking of, like, why do guys have to be vulgar assholes? Like, (laughs) instead of us trying to be like them, can't we all try and, like, elevate ourselves? What if we all just try and be kinder to each other? Yeah. Like, like, I think back to some of the things that we all said, and I'm just like, I cringe. Like, oh. I don't want to repeat any of that stuff. Oh, that's something that I hate, like, 
Like, I love the memory function on social media, but I also hate it, because sometimes yeah. I'll see myself being a real asshole. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, and I sh- I'm sure it was to impress some guy. Like, I'm sure of it. Yeah. Yeah. And I feel like... But there's also, like... I feel like there's the pressure from guys to be, like, vulgar and sassy, but then there's also the pressure in girl world to be kind of, like, catty and sassy at the same yeah. time. And be like, ew... She needs a tan. (laughs) Oh, okay. For me to be able to look at her, she needs a tan. It's so stupid. I overheard some people the other day. I took this, like, temporary job a while ago, and um, they were talking in the lunchroom about how gross it is when older people at the gym will walk around naked in the change room. And I'm like... I remember finding that gross too, but now I realize that not every body is decoration and that yeah. if they just want to exist in a space, like... Yeah, and, like, they're not there for your pleasure. Yeah. So, like, if you don't like it, don't look. Yeah. Maybe it's just easier to walk from the shower area to your locker naked than yeah. it is to... Well, like, we just started swimming lessons, and I brought, like... Both both of us are taking both kids to swimming lessons. It's the same class. So Aiden's with Andrew in the in the men's change room and Autumn's with me. And I brought our towels out with us in to the pool area, but Andrew didn't. And he will bring Aiden back, shower with them, and then grab the towels from the from the locker. Yeah. So like it makes sense to not have your towels wet with pool water and only wet with shower water. And so I'm probably not going to bring them to the pool area next week. Yeah. Because it makes more sense to just leave them in the locker and have them be nice and dry there. Yeah. Have you ever watched um, Baroness Von Sketch? No. Oh, it's very good. I think you'd like it. It's a bunch of, like, Canadian uh, funny ladies. And they it's a sketch show, and there's one where, like, this woman shows up to the gym after her 40th birthday, and they're like, welcome to not giving a shit at the gym. <laughs> and, she, and they're like, this section is for you. And it's all these women, like, just being openly naked and, like, mm-hmm. dropping things and just picking them up without any, like, level of discretion. Yeah. And uh, it's very funny, and I'm like, I feel like I'm already there, though. <laughs> I don't have to get to 40. Yeah. Just not care already. Yeah. I'm just like, Ugh. like... If somebody's looking at me and thinking that they don't like the way my body looks, I think they have more problems than I do at that point. Totally. Yeah. Exactly. I, like, I always think of a quote that goes, um, what other people think about you is none of your business. That's a RuPaul quote. Really? Yes. Cool, I didn't know that. I I repeat it all the time and I didn't know who said it. (laughs) I don't know if, like... RuPaul says it a lot. It sounds like a basic enough quote that a lot of people have probably said it. Yeah, yeah. But RuPaul says it a lot. Nice. Yes. And, like, if you're, whatever, at the gym and people are, like, judging you, like, that's on them. It's none of my business. Yeah, it's like, whatever. They probably have a sad life if they have to do that. If that's, yeah, if they have to put other people down to make themselves feel better, then they definitely have a sad life. Which reminds me... Okay, so there's the guys at the casino Mm -hmm. who... Uh, Miranda's just hanging out in her stretchy pants, and she's gotten pretty obsessed with gambling, and you mentioned that, like, you understand how excited she is to be out of the house. Yeah, like, if she's been stuck in the house, and she doesn't have a lot of people to talk to during the day, then it's, it's very exciting to go and be out on the town. (laughs) Yeah, and we were talking earlier that, like, 
She wouldn't at that point have had a cell phone, or if she did, it would have been a very basic cell phone. Mm -hmm. So the idea of being able to, like, shoot carry a quick message on Facebook, like, that's not a thing. Not really. I don't think there was even really texting that much. No. So she would have to wait to have time to, like, pick up the phone yeah. or, like, leave the house. And, like, call. And, like, I, if I remember correctly, Carrie was very anti-cell phone for a really long time on the show. Mm -hmm. yeah. So, like, it's not like Miranda could just call her on her cell and get her anywhere. She would have to try and get her at home. Yeah. Oh, isn't there an episode where Miranda's calling her and she's like, Hi, I'm doing this. Get a cell phone. And then yeah. she hangs Totally. Up. Yeah. Yeah. She is a woman on the go, and she cannot deal with Carrie's free-spirited, like, I don't want a cell phone. Yeah, I don't want to be, like, you can't get me anywhere. Yeah. So it's like, so this would be very exciting for her to be out. And mm -hmm. then she wants to gamble, and they're taking too long to make up their minds at the table, and these guys want to sit down, and they tell her to move her fat ass. Yeah. Which is very sad. But then Charlotte says, her ass isn't usually this big. <laughs> it's just such a weird comment. <laughs> it's like, it's a funny... It's funny because that's one of those moments where I'm like, it is very funny that that's how Charlotte chooses to stand up for her and what a Charlotte thing to say. Yeah. But then you kind of want somebody to be like, wait, like you kind of want somebody to call her on the fact that like, it doesn't matter that she's not usually this fat. What matters is that like these guys shouldn't be commenting on people's weight in general. Yeah. Like do, you don't say that to someone. Yeah, and, like, so what if she had a permanently fat ass? Yeah. That would be also fine. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So it's kind of, like, a funny moment, but then nobody really learns anything, because then they make fun of those guys for being fat. Yeah. They're like, what's your excuse? So it's like... Are you having triplets? Yeah. <laughs> so it's like, so at the end of the day, being fat is bad. Yeah. But it's okay that Miranda's fat because she's not always going to be fat. Because she's not normally this fat. And yeah, it's yeah. a really fat-phobic moment. It is a very fat-phobic moment. And, like, I think I used to be incredibly fat-phobic. Mm -hmm. Like, I would look at people and think that I could judge their level of health based on just looking at them. And now I'm like... There's people who are much healthier than me and much larger than me. Yeah. And, like, can do yoga, can do positions in yoga that I could never, like, wrench myself into. Mm -hmm. And people who are smaller than us who are way unhealthier. Oh, skinny fat. Yeah. yeah. Like, and then that's become, like, a cute thing to say, and it's like, so because you aesthetically still look good, you're not going to work on your health? Yeah. Okay. Be it. Yet we're all gonna, like, tell fat people that we're just worried about their health. Yeah, bullshit. Yeah, it's, like, so cute when a skinny girl, like, again, with the cool girl thing, when a skinny girl is, like, eating a smoky. Yeah. But a giant burger. Yeah. But if you saw a fat woman doing that, you'd be like, I'm just worried about your health. No, you're not. No, you're not. You don't like looking at fat people. Yeah. Check yourself. So, then after that... Oh, yeah, they make a bunch of whore jokes because Charlotte, because all of the, all of the staff at this Taj Mahal casino kind of look like sexy ladies from the 60s. Like, they've got, like, piled up hair and, like, big cleavagey things, and they make a bunch of whore jokes about yeah, them. Yeah, and, and Atlantic titty. Yeah. And then Charlotte shows up 
dress, and they say that she looks, like, slutty. Mm-hmm. I think she looks wonderful. She looks really good. Yeah. Like, I couldn't wear a dress like that and pull it off, and she pulls it off. She pulls it off. She looks fabulous. Yeah. Yeah, I think she looks appropriate for where she is. She's at a casino. Earlier, she was wearing a button-up lace shirt. Yeah. Like, right up to the top of her chin. Yeah. So I think she looks (laughs) much more ready to have a good time. Yeah. And then she wants to meet some dudes because that'll make her feel better about herself and Carrie's like let's just connect with each other so they have this like I think they've both been through some heartache at this point and Charlotte's reaction is I want to get myself out there and like meet somebody mm-hmm. and Carrie's reaction is like I'm it's never gonna happen yeah it's never gonna happen so I'm just gonna be like super bitter and like say mean things to my friends yeah and like you asked about the definition of old maid, I feel like bitter is part of that definition. Yes, yes. So like in this episode, they're making fun of Charlotte for being an old maid, but I think Carrie is more of an old Carrie maid. Carrie is the old maid. Yeah. Definitely. Oh, I wrote down that Miranda says she gets tired very easily. Yeah. Do you identify with that? Totally. I, like, a few months ago I went out to um, to a club with a friend and we were like, we're going out at 9 p.m.? Like, that's so late. <laughs> we stayed out pretty late, and we were exhausted for, like, two days after yeah. that. But so like, it, like, takes a toll on you. Totally. Whereas in my 20s, I'd be like, hey, I'm going to stay up all night and go to work at 7 and totally be fine. And I didn't even drink coffee then. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I feel like I never did the I'm going to stay out all night and then work thing. But I definitely could have a weird schedule and it wouldn't affect me. Mm-hmm. Whereas now, yeah, if I have a weird schedule, I'm still catching up like three days later. Totally. Yeah. <laughs> like sometimes you have to take a strategic nap and like, yeah, there's a yeah. lot There's a lot that goes into it. Yeah, exactly. Does alcohol affect you differently at this point? Totally. And especially with two pregnancies, like I stopped drinking for both of them. And then um, after my first was born the current knowledge at that time about breastfeeding and drinking was you can't do it and if you drink anything you have to pump and dump yeah and the more current information is that you don't have to pump and dump don't throw away your breast milk (laughs) um but if you can drive you can breastfeed so i basically didn't drink for like two years (laughs) (laughs) So I can have, like, half a glass of wine and be pretty buzzed. Yes. I don't drink very often because I feel like my budget just doesn't allow for it, honestly. Mm -hmm. Like, it's, like, feels pretty luxurious. But, yeah, at my work, I work in a bar now, and the other night, at the end of the night, I had been there all night with all the service staff, and, like, at the end of the night, they were like, here, have a pint. Because, like, we made it through the evening, so we each had a pint, and I was quite drunk (laughs) off of, like, one beer, and I was trying to hide it and be cool around these people who probably could have, like, two or three. Yeah. And I was just like, (laughs) and, yeah, I, like, last night I had, again, I had one beer, and I dropped my phone, and it is now shattered. (laughs) So, like, definitely, yeah, I feel like I used to, um really pride myself on keeping up with my guy friends, which goes back to that cool girl thing. Mm -hmm. So I think I binge drank pretty often and was maybe better at drinking just because of how often I was doing it. 
Yeah. I think I agree with that. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like, is it even fun to be that drunk? Like, have you ever been, like, plastered and actually had a good time? No, because then you start getting sick. Yeah, you start <laughs> getting sick and sloppy, and, like, you try and say something, and it comes out all gobbly good. Yeah. And, like, uh, so embarrassed. <laughs> I'm just so glad that those days are, like, behind me. Yeah. I like that I can just say, oh, no, I'm actually not in the mood for this tonight, and there's yeah. nobody that'll be like, ooh, lame. You have to. Uh. Uh, it's your birthday, chug, chug. Yeah, it's your birthday. Here's 151. <laughs> <laughs> Here's what? <laughs> One, Bacardi 151. Oh, I don't know that. What is that? It's like the like the highest amount of alcohol you could get in, oh. in a drink. It burns. I remember, like, getting somebody... A spicy shot was a thing on a birthday, mm -hmm. like a prairie fire, and you'd be like, "Aha! Uh -huh, you just <laughs> drink something that tastes yeah. like poison. <laughs> Happy birthday!" <laughs> or like the one time I like uh, remember Corey. Yeah, and he's I, getting married. Oh, that's awesome! Yeah, <laughs> I um, I bought him like a martini, and I was like, "What would you serve a man?" And that's what they gave, and he was like, this tastes like feet. <laughs> I'm like, sorry. Yeah, my drinks of choice, when I used to go to the bar, like so many sugary drinks that would make me so sick now. Yeah. Blue Lagoons. Mm -hmm. I remember my 18th birthday, I was like, what is that girl having? And they were like, that is a Blue Lagoon. And I was like, then that is what I shall drink. <laughs> And then like dirty, dirty hookers yep. shots. Those were those are really good. Those are really good. I'm not gonna say it like tastes like one. candy. What is it like? Pineapple juice and like sourpuss or something. Yeah. yeah. Maybe cranberry juice in there. Delicious. It's so good. What is your drink? What is your drink of choice these days? Um. Well, I still like. I don't really like hard alcohol that much, but I still like um, a good. Um, Long Island iced tea. They don't drink in Atlantic City. They do. They have wine. Yeah, but like... They don't drink a lot. Yeah, there's never... I guess because they're in their 30s, there's never really... There's like one drunk storyline in yeah. Sex and the City where she calls big and she's all drunk with her martinis. Or when they get weed after Burger just dumped her on a post-it oh, note. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And they're like a little bit buzzed. Yeah. But there's not really a lot of, like, oh, somebody got too drunk. Yeah. Um, the one episode where they go to Staten Island. Oh, and yeah. And Charlotte gets drunk and is like, I'm getting married this year. And they're like, okay. Like, you're yeah. single. <laughs> I'm pretty. And you're pretty. I love Charlotte. I think she's so lovable. She's the best. Okay, so in the end of the episode, they... Um, they've all had a time, Samantha breaks up with Richard because she's like, I can't deal with wondering when you're going to cheat on me again, mm -hmm. which I never really liked Richard, so that's fine. Yeah. Um, and then they all get on a bus home and they're all like kind of dressed like whatever, the weekend's over. Yeah. And, um, and I think Carrie looks so beautiful with just her simple ponytail and her no makeup and then they get a little old lady, and they finally get a photo together, because that's been a, a joke throughout, is Carrie wants a photo of all of them, and she can't get them all together. Yeah. Is it harder getting friends together in your 30s? Mm, a little bit. Like, I feel like a lot of us have kids. 
and it's not super easy to always get a babysitter. Mm-hmm. And, um, I am at home during the day, so I want to hang out during the day. Yeah. But a lot of people work, <laughs> so they can't hang out during the day. Most people work. Yeah. So, and then there's always stuff going on on the weekends. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like a lot of my friendships now, like, I love my friendships, but a lot of the people I see mostly are people who share the same hobbies as I do. Mm-hmm. But if I was trying to get everyone together for something else, it might be hard. Like, I think we've talked about before, like, proximity being a huge deal for friendships when you're older, where you're like, I'm not gonna, like, bus across town just to shoot the shit. Like, I have things to do. So, like, you really have to plan a get-together versus, like, you have a friend that lives just down the street, so Mm -hmm. you see each other a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And then, like, um, like, Shawnee moved to Wolseley, so we don't see each other as much anymore. And I feel like even without having kids, like, yeah, I'm just busier, and I Mm -hmm. can't prioritize my friendships the way I I used to. Yeah. It's like, I used to take a bus to Transcona on my days off, hang out with my friend there all day long, and then bus home, and now I'm like, in what world? Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Like, there's just, like, a bunch of stuff that needs to get done. Yeah. And, like... Especially for us right now, like, my kids have an afternoon nap. Oh, might be waking up from it. But I need to schedule things around that because if they don't get their nap, then they're really cranky. And then you can't get anything done, I imagine. Exactly. Like, I need some alone time, too, and that's what the afternoon nap is. And then, so then, what do you think is the lesson that we're supposed to learn from this episode? From this episode? Um... It ends with them, they're on the bus, they finally get their photo together, mm-hmm. and they're, like, laughing and having a lot of fun on the bus eating saltwater taffies. Yeah. Well, I think, first of all, there's nothing wrong with being an old maid. Yeah. Like, you can still have fun mm-hmm. just because you're an old maid. And maybe, like, you decide if you're an old maid or not. Because, mm-hmm. like, Charlotte was acting pretty prissy in the beginning of the episode, and yeah. then she, like... It's like, well, I can buy a cheap dress at a casino and look sexy if I want to. Exactly. And I think it's up to you to decide what the definition of old maid is. Mm -hmm. Like, if you're going to look at yourself like that, are you going to, like, it's a pretty negative way to look at yourself. So, like, Mm -hmm. you get to define how you are. Yeah. Are you, yeah, are you knitting because you genuinely enjoy it? Or are you like, oh, I'm older now, so I just have to sit at home and knit? Yeah. Like, you choose your life. Exactly. I think also one of the lessons of the episode is that Carrie's trying so hard to bond with her friends Mm -hmm. because I think she feels lonely and she kind of talks about hiding in her friendships. And then when she stops trying so hard, they do bond and have a good time. Yeah. But up until then, she's been trying to, like, manufacture these moments. Like, force it. Yeah. Which I think is totally a thing as you get older, even in, like, partnerships, if you've, like, been with someone for a long time, it's like you might feel tempted to force it, but it's Mm -hmm. like, no, like, these moments are going to be organic and they're going to happen. Yeah, exactly. Okay, so now we'll wrap things up with a Sex in the City speed round. Okay, which girl do you identify with the most? Charlotte. Yeah. And you want to elaborate on that? Nope. 
<laughs> just hands down, you're a just Charlotte. Just Charlotte. Yeah. I mean, I've always known that you were a Charlotte. <laughs> what is your favorite outfit of the series? Most memorable outfit? Um, I really like the the big, like, poofy dress that Carrie wears when she's in Paris. The one where she's waiting for the Russian and she's, like, sitting yeah, in the and window and like, it's all around her? Yeah, I it, love that dress. Yeah, it's, like, a purpley-gray with, like, a dusky rose, like, underneath. Mm -hmm. Very romantic, very beautiful. It's like a gown. Yes, and I had only seen the censored versions of that episode, like the ones where they just, they don't even cut out dirty stuff. Sometimes they just cut for time yeah. on Cosmo. And I didn't know there's a whole part where he is playing with the dress and having fun with it. And mm -hmm. like, uh, that they cut out and like, I kind of, I kind of liked that because it shows why she's so disappointed later when yeah. she's still waiting for him. Mm -hmm. He like, there's so many layers to the dress, and he's, like, going through all the layers. Yeah, yeah. and just being silly. Laughing about it. And you're like, oh, maybe, like, they're going to have a great time in Paris. And it's like, no, no, they're no, not. No, he's going to ignore her the whole time. Yeah. Ugh. The Russian. <laughs> I know, I had such high hopes for the Russian. I really wanted that to work out. Yeah. Um, favorite location, favorite Sex in the City location. I like when um, uh, she is in Fashion Week. Mm. Yes. So stuff like that. Yeah, I love that episode. Or the episode where they go to the bar that's called Bed. So they're like, let's go to bed. It's oh. beds everywhere. Remember, there was a bar like that here for yeah. a while that had... sketchy. Yeah, sketchy. <laughs> and like, yeah, maybe not very Sex in the City-ish, but cool idea. Yeah. Yeah. Um, favorite Sex in the City boyfriend? Um... Slash husband. Okay, well, for Charlotte, Harry. Mm-hmm. He's the best. I love Harry. Um, Steve, near the end, is better. Not beginning Steve, but end Steve. Yes. So those are two totally different people. Yeah. <laughs> um, for Carrie, Aiden. Or Big. But I like Aiden a lot as a person. I like Aiden as a person, but not for Carrie. Yeah, like, I think he would be better for his wife that he marries. Yes. But I like him a lot as a character and as a person. I like him as a guy. Yeah. yeah. He's a good guy. And that actor, I just love him. Yeah. He's just so lovable. He's really great. And, um, yeah, like, Carrie needs to be with Big. Yeah. Like, they're just made for each other. <laughs> that is my next question. Should Carrie have ended up with Big? Absolutely. fucking <laughs> 